0: The content of CPR Unplugged is designed for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as mental health treatment or medical or mental health advice. Details such as names and locations may have been changed to protect individual privacy.
1: Hello and welcome to CPR Unplugged. I am your host, Jess. Whoever you are, whatever you're doing today, thank you for joining us. I am super stoked about today's episode. I am a huge nerd. Some of you may not know that about me. And today's episode is all about gaming and mental health. So whether you want me to join your d campaign or watch you live stream or binge a campaign on whatever your favorite console is, I am down. Today I am joined by Brenton and Molly. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Going good. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having us. So to introduce yourselves to the audience, what uh, what type of gaming are you guys into? Um, we like very similar games. Um, I would say, so I
2: started gaming when I was younger, um, much, much younger. I remember getting, you know, the first PlayStation console back in the 90s. Or my mom and I would play Resident Evil, so it started at a young age. Um, <laughs> nice. And then I was played up through high school. I mostly played, like, RPG stuff. Um, and then I stopped playing throughout college. And um, when I went to medical school, um, I also stopped playing. And then when I met Brenton, we started playing again. And so then <laughs> I moved more into, like, more co-op games after that, since we typically like to play with friends.
3: That was an enabler. <laughs> um yeah i started a little more lighthearted didn't start with the resident evil but uh i did uh you know i played a lot of super mario world growing up uh we had a super nintendo so i did a lot of that um you know moved into you know first person shooters kind of like halo big fan of that and uh yeah i moved into a lot more like co-op games later so you know we play a lot of that stuff a lot of the survival crafting um some of these survival shooters too. So,
1: Okay, so I should note that we're all around the same age and we did grow up in the, <laughs> we are the generation of games. Yeah. Right? yeah, very much. I mean, you know, to to throw it back, b and D and such, we're, we're a little older, or younger, my God, we're younger than that. Yes. Um, but definitely the, the N- Nintendo and the um, console gaming for sure.
3: I very much feel that when people talk about TV shows and all the stuff they're they're watching and like,
1: yeah, we
3: don't really watch all that stuff. It's all a lot of Twitch and <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Yes, exactly. Watching live streams. Let's plays. So you guys are welcome to share as much or as little as you're comfortable with. Any background that you want to share about your own mental health journey
2: sure. in general or as it applies to video games.
1: In general, and then we're gonna kind of overlay the video games. Got it.
2: Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've struggled with anxiety for most of my life. Um, it started when I was in middle high school, um, when I was young, young, prior to that, when I was in elementary school, I lived in a, uh, more of like a city-esque town back in Massachusetts, um, you know, where the schools were five, 600 people in your class and you could kind of find your friend group and it wasn't too much drama. And then I moved into a town of where my class consisted of. About 100 people, and it was very clicky and socially very toxic in a lot of ways. So that's kind of where my anxiety really started. And then I was also diagnosed with Graves' disease when I was 15. Um, and part of that encompasses also a lot of panic attacks, anxieties. It's basically when your thyroid gets far too overactive, which can cause all of those symptoms. So I would have pretty frequent panic attacks back in high school. And then all of that kind of ended up just blending into my adult life. Obviously, I've gotten a lot more control over it as time's gone on. Um, I also, I was diagnosed with PMDD. So hormonally, um, you know, around the time of my menses, it can be kind of tough too. But so that's kind of my overarching story um, in terms of progression over time. But I would say probably the main things I've dealt with in terms of mental health has been a lot of of high stress and anxiety.
3: For me, uh, growing up, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't say pressure, but, you know, pressure I put on myself to do well, kind of academically, as well as, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a shorter guy, so I, I, I definitely got, uh, what would I say, It'd kind of the, a lot of it was a lot of, like, pressures I put on myself, so a lot of it was, like, education and, you know, wanting to know what I wanted to do with my life and. know, was I good enough to do the things that I wanted to do? Um, And I mean, I I even still feel that today, especially after like going through college and um, uh, having done electrical engineering. It was a rough, it was a rough, uh, it was a rough course. And a lot of like the classes made you feel very inadequate after you take the test. You like study all night and then you still get, you know, destroyed by some of these tests and you're like, I don't think I can do this. Um, uh, so that's where I, I looked for a lot of like, you know, outlets, um, you know, uh, I did a lot of like running and stuff to kind of help with that, you know, it's kind of where video games also came in a lot, but, uh, yeah, kind of like, kind of like Molly said, it was definitely a little imposter syndrome there too.
1: I think you, you said it well with the imposter syndrome, Molly, I'm curious the idea of, I've got a, I'm a huge chicken. Okay. So the idea of playing resident evil makes me anxious. How did that help you to kind of get a grasp on your anxiety or do you just not, you don't have that same response to those types of games?
2: <laughs> um. So I think it might, might be a little bit of both. So growing up, my mom, you know, Take this with what you will, but my mom is a horror movie junkie, and she was watching that since I was a kid, and she never really censored it from us, and she loved Resident Evil, so I loved Resident Evil, and obviously I was scared of it when I was a kid, but it's like I don't know, I just I was I became very accustomed to that kind of thing, Um, and even like she watched a lot of true crime shows, so I grew up with just a lot of that kind of stuff, which I think that part of it, the true crime aspect, I don't think helps my anxiety too much, but everything else, Um, I think it's partially like. When you're playing those games that are horror-based, you can't think about anything else. I mean, it's they're so immersive and they're so engaging. And because you're scared, it's almost like that adrenaline rush, it's different than the anxiety adrenaline rush, and it keeps you so engaged that you can't think about anything else. So it's a little bit of escapism for sure. You gotta stay alone. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do what you can. Uh, It's a little bit of that escapism for sure. But then I think there's also a part of me that's just, I've become desensitized to them over time. So it's like that, you know, depending on the game. Um, I I
3: recently like started playing some of those games and, you know, I'm facing those anxieties right now. I don't know. I'm watching her like play like Resident Evil or she'll do Phasmophobia and Solo. And I'm like, what are you doing right now?
1: Okay. Phasmophobia is a ghost hunting
3: game. Yeah, if anyone didn't know, yeah.
1: (laughs) That's one of those games I can't play if I'm, like, home by myself. Mm -hmm. I need, like, a buddy.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm a little bit of a glutton for punishment, too. Like, I definitely, I'm highly, highly, highly competitive, which, you know, it part, is part of my anxiety because I'm always like, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I need to be good at everything. So when I don't meet those, just like Brenton was saying, it's a lot of that like self-criticism that comes out, which is part of my mental health stuff. Um, but so it, it, in video games, that comes down to like, I need to be good at this. And with those games, especially something like Phasmophobia, where it's basically like a ghost hunting puzzle game, it's a lot of fun. Um, but like I Terrible. need, I need to win. <laughs> so like I, I'm a little bit of a gun for punishment that way. In terms of like, I get a little bit fix on, fixated on it. So,
1: do you find that you get in a state of flow when you play certain video games? Like she does with the horror games.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I was a big like, um, I played a lot of Halo. Like growing up, uh, me and my buddy, I'd go over to his house all the time. That's kind of just what we would bond over. We'd, we'd go through there and we'd, uh, you know, we played through probably the campaign, I don't know, like 10 different times. We played a lot of multiplayer and you kind of get in a group that um, later, like some of the games that really pulled me in was like, um, actually, especially during college was uh, Minecraft. <laughs> okay. I played a lot of that as kind of a creative outlet after I, after I studied, it was just something that relaxed me and really pulled me in that I could just kind of build whatever I wanted and get lost in like this world that, you know, wasn't, wasn't reality. You know, it didn't have the outside stresses in there.
1: Well, and that's what's yeah. interesting too, right? I'm hearing this dichotomy of video games can absolutely be uh challenging in that I'm, I'm a completionist. So like when mm-hmm. I go through a campaign, I need that hundred percent complete, like I want to find, all the little hidden things right i am not like that yet. no so that's very much
3: for department <laughs> much like, I'll, I'll, I'll play a game to a certain completion and after it you know once it gets punishing i'm like i'm gonna go to something else this is not as relaxing for me
1: but that's what i'm hearing with you is that the because there's that creative flexibility to it and there aren't the real world consequences you're able to actually relax that side of yourself when you're playing video games
3: yes yeah, that's exactly. It exactly it
1: that's very cool there's a lot of benefits i'm hearing right like there's there's that i don't want to say forced mindfulness because you're not like forcing yourself to play a video game but there's sort of that natural state of mindfulness you can get into with video games definitely escapism right just being able to take a break from reality Mm -hmm. um but i also heard Molly, you had said something that kind of related to maybe a negative side of video games as well. And I'm curious, have you had a negative experience? Oh, absolutely.
2: I mean, there have been times where if I am going through a period of super high stress or super high anxiety periods of time, I can definitely find myself getting too lost in video games and using that escapism in it goes too far, right? It becomes a negative eventually where, I I mean, obviously I'm an adult. I would never ignore all of my responsibilities completely, but you definitely find yourself like, man, I really should have done X, Y, Z today. And I didn't because instead of waking up and doing the things I had to do because I didn't have any, I have to be there obligations. Mm -hmm. I ended up just playing a video game all day because I didn't want to deal with anything, which I think is very much the kind of the negative side of video games is, using them to dissociate more than being mindful, right? Mm-hmm. There's like kind of the two sides to that coin. And I definitely have found myself doing that in the past. You kind of have to pull yourself out of it and be like, all right, I need to take a break from these for a little while. Like I need to kind of get my, my life back together. Maybe I should go for a run instead of sitting <laughs> sitting on my butt <laughs> and playing video games for the next four hours, you know. So I've definitely found that to be true, particularly in times that I am mentally not doing well.
1: What happens after that? Like, you just binged a game all day. Do you get like a gaming hangover? Oh,
3: 100%. Yes. Yeah. Very much.
1: Yes. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about it, Brenton. It's, What's that like?
3: It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's almost like a guilt in a way. You wake up and you're like, man, that whole day I had off. Like, I, you know, I, the way my schedule works, I get like every other Monday off. And there's definitely days where I woke up actually quite recently at the planet zoo from like damn near sunrise to sundown. And then I woke up the next day and I said, like, what could I have done with that entire day? if I just spent maybe two hours building a zoo instead of literally 10, almost.
1: Right. I've definitely and- had those days where I played a video game so much I dreamed about it. Yes. Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, anytime I, if I play a lot right before bed, you almost like dreaming like the mechanic. I don't know if that yeah. happens to you. Like, And then you're just stuck in this weird loop.
1: Yeah. And then you wake <laughs> up the next morning, you're like, I played too much yesterday.
3: That's yeah. <laughs> how you know.
1: So with that idea of disassociating, um, you guys have a virtual reality system. We do. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, how has that been for you? Is that, does that contribute to a sense of disassociation or do you find that it's such an immersive experience? It's easier to be mindful and present. What's that like? Uh, I'm going
2: to give that one more over to Brenton because I'm very unlucky in that I get pretty bad motion sickness when I play too much (laughs) VR. So that takes me out of it immediately. (laughs) The only games I can really play for any amount of time is like Beat Saber or anything that like you are kind of in a static position, even though like your movements are shown within the game. Um, So I don't know how you feel about that, but I, yeah, I don't have that issue just because I can't be in it for too long.
3: I have noticed that if I, if I spend like an extended period of time in there, um, yeah, I kind of lose sense of kind of where I am or, you know, what time it is or whatever um yeah time definitely passes much quicker <laughs> in there um and i've even i've even come out of it where i still want to like use the mechanics of the world that i was in in especially if i don't know if anyone has played any of the ones where you actually have to use like the joysticks to move around i would notice like a feeling like a, a really bizarre feeling like walking around that like i wasn't doing it on like my own like volition almost. It was like I was walking through a world that I wasn't actually controlling myself through. It was very, very odd. So instead of like a, me moving by pushing my thumb, thumb forward, I would, I'm walking and my legs weren't used to that. It was really bizarre. It's really bizarre feeling.
1: That is bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, it tricks your mind, right? Your brain into thinking. So then it does. Your body like adjusts to it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like where she, her legs or her head doesn't want to like adjust to her legs not moving. It mm-hmm. like you spend enough time in there and it reverses where you you're you're walking and then your mind's like, wait, 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 wait. That's not how we were walking before. Like, what's going on?
1: That's fascinating. Yeah,
2: yeah there's definitely a reason why they have those like limits on
3: those on, oh. like, where you're
2: like, you're only supposed to be in this for like two hours. Yeah. That's what I really probably
3: need why. Is like a little <laughs> alarm clock at, at right? the top. It's like, you've been here for two hours. Hey, maybe you should like pop out and take a break. <laughs>
1: There's also a sense of, I know for my own experience, there's a sense in games of more control or maybe even mastery than we have in the real world. Yeah. Mm. Have you guys ever experienced that? And if if so, what was that like? Um, like for things like anxiety and, and um, that sense of imposter syndrome, did it affect that in any way?
3: I get it in the sense that, in in the in the in the game world, you know, whatever character you're kind of playing or the story that you're in, you you're you're kind of the you are the master like of your world. Like what you do matters. Like what you do can change outcomes. Uh you know, like where in the real world, like you kind of like if you work for a company, you kind of answer to like the hierarchy of what you do might not actually have that big of a difference, you're not as big of a player, depending on where you are. of thing and um you know in the in the game world the the rules are already of the world are already for you and there's a lot of the a lot of the world that's already like taken care of compared to like reality
1: i could see that translating to reality in a couple of different ways i could see that being like i feel more sense of self-confidence and Mm -hmm. reassurance that that i can you know uh, have a sense of control and autonomy and i also see it translating as like uh, almost like de- a depressive state. Like when I go back into reality,
2: you know, when you do use video games as your quote unquote happy place. And then especially, um, if you are going through like a highly stressful period of time or like things in your actual life are not going way you want them to, or you have something, you know, come up that's, you know, really hard for you. And then you kind of use video games as that sense of like, okay, I'm going to do something that's just going to make me happy for a couple hours. And, and then you do have, you know, all of that control over what's happening in the video game. And um, but then when you leave that, it's kind of like, well, I have, like, no control over anything in my life. Kind of <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because um, I think that you put it really well in the sense of, like, you, like, everything in video game is based on a set of rules. And, like, you, if you know the mechanics and if you know the rules of the game, you can, you know, you can do the things that get you to the, your win state, essentially or um, in life it's definitely not that simple um
1: just pure chaos compared to that exactly.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I've definitely experienced more of like kind of coming like realizing like okay like I gotta stop playing this video game or like you know you're tired or whatever you get off and then you're like okay <laughs> now I gotta go back to this trap or like now I have to deal with all these problems and those solutions of okay if I just do xyz it'll hit that win state that no longer exists in your world and so that can be kind of yeah it can be almost like a it's like almost like a coming down from video games it's a very weird it's yeah.
1: a very weird thing there's a lot of instant gratification in video games too you oh know? Yeah. I'm thinking of like seven days to die I can I can build an entire Fortress for myself, and and feel very accomplished at the end of a single day, and then I'm looking at how long it actually takes me in real life to like reach a big goal. You know, in room. yeah, right. Like-
3: <laughs> You spend the same amount of time painting four walls than you would an entire portrait.
1: We always make that joke
2: whenever we play Animal Crossing, because it's like, you know, you get the little cards and then you like throw it up in the air and you now know how to do that thing. Oh, it's yeah. Like if oh, yeah. only that really, right? like if only I knew huh. how to build
3: that makes sense,
2: like a whole wardrobe after just, like throwing a card up in the air, that'd be great. Right.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> And if you guys think of anything that I don't think of, if there's a certain question that I don't ask or an aspect of video games that you want to talk about, just jump in.
3: Okay. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny, like when you were mentioning, like how much you can like accomplish in a video game and like, kind of like the the irony of, okay, if I, there's, there's a real balance you have to like strike with playing them. Cause then you're like, Oh, I can accomplish so much. And I'm, you know, you're playing by the rules of the game you can kind of exploit it and you're like oh why don't I just do that in real life you know there are rules to our world too that 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 thought comes to me once in a while when I'm like guilty about playing the game I'm like man if I just took that time but I know that I, I relax with them so that's really the payout you know and I have to remind myself that so
1: in moderation
3: yeah, uh, yeah I mean like most yeah for sure (laughs) for sure
1: (laughs) well
2: and i think that that's a really interesting thing too about like our generation who you know who who now we have twitch people literally have careers just playing games now it's crazy yeah
1: (laughs) there's an actual league like right a sports league and people get um scholarships and things for for being on these teams right
3: it's really popular yeah
2: it's it's pretty crazy and it's you know growing up I mean, I, again, I didn't experience it quite as much because my mom played video games, but, like, you know, the general consensus, I think, from most adults was, like, you're wasting your time mm-hmm. and, like, your life playing video games and you're being lazy and you're, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there was such a negative connotation there. Um, and it was, it's was it been kind of cool to, like, see that shift over time. Um, and, uh, you know, having had, like, about a, what, six-year break in between kind of when I left for college and when I started playing video games again even like within that period of time like there was a huge shift. and like as a and you know the other part of it too for me is as a woman most of I feel like the connotation is more like men play video games and women don't mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's also it was a really interesting thing kind of coming back into it because you know I it was almost like a nice I don't know if this is a quite the right word but like almost like a nice homecoming when I started playing video (laughs) games again because it was like I got back into a community of people who like we all played video games together and we all hung out and then you know that kind of rolled into COVID so Mm -hmm. then there was all of that situation and being able to continue to connect through a period of time where the connection was a real struggle
3: honestly yeah that was like the biggest thing I think for especially last year throughout the whole quarantine I think that's honestly what like kind of saved me was like still being able to, you know, keep up with my friends and family. And I I mean, it, it, it started out as like, we did, we all got on and played like some kind of, I think it was it among us. I think it was among us that started that or Jackbox. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, We got on and just did like one one game night a week or something. I think my brother started doing that and it kind of fell off and then it morphed into, a lot of people, a lot of our friends, just kind of getting on Discord and playing whatever game they they want to. But we're still we're still hanging out. We had our cameras on, talking. So it was like, oh, we're we're in quarantine, but we're we're not missing the social aspect. That's a good
1: point. Yeah, games are a great way to connect.
3: Yeah, and I mean, we that's how we found that's how we kind of like discovered a lot of the cooperative ones that we play now. And now we have like a rotation of them we do like almost every other night now where we get on, we just continue it after, after the quarantine stopped, we just kept playing with them. And, you know, yeah. now we kind of, I don't know, I feel closer.
2: I, for sure. Well, cause you know, with adults, busy careers, all the stuff, like I find myself, and especially if you have mental health things going on, whether it be anxiety, depression, what have you, when you're going through that kind of stuff, do you like, I mean, I know for me, it's so hard for me to make plans with people, <laughs> like to yeah. go out and do things. Like I have, follow through, yeah, yes. and the follow through and just all of it, and like reaching out, responding to texts. I when I get in a bad headspace, I am the worst with responding to texts. Yeah. I just don't do it. I will look at my phone and be like, "Oh right, I have to respond to them," and immediately put my phone back down and forget about it until three days later. Um, so it was. It's kind of a nice way because you're still in your house. You can kind of interact as much or as little as you choose, at least in the way that we do it, because everybody gets on. You don't have to necessarily be a major part of the conversation, but at least being in the quote unquote room on Discord, you still feel some amount of sense of community, even if you aren't the one, you know, participating as much that day. Um, And so I found that that was really, really helpful, even if I wasn't doing super well with, like you know mentally with anxiety and things like that. There were plenty of days where I didn't really get on and like chat a whole bunch, but it was nice to just kind of feel like you're surrounded by people, even and you're in your house too. So then if you want to,
1: you could just get off and go to bed. Like
2: it's it's a yeah. very nice kind of way to have a sense of community while having a kind of easy out if you're not feeling it. So
1: that's awesome. Was, much more casual. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. There's as much pressure there. Totally.
3: Yeah. Because I definitely felt like I, I guess I didn't realize it as it was happening, the whole you know quarantine and No one really going out like socializing kind of thing, and then I I realized after it ended I just like carried on doing that. I'm like I don't go and hang out with anyone kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but you know I real you know we still did this every night, and I was like, well, you know it that's that it it kept that part alive. Otherwise, I don't know what I I don't know what kind of person I would be right now (laughs) if I did if I just stayed in the house and hadn't really talked to anyone for like a year. I mean that's hard, and I know a lot of felt that. And, you know, that's where, you know, games kind of helped out.
1: Well, there's a sense of I think we live in a very much like a hustle culture and it's very a lot of life is very serious and sometimes we get stuck in that space. And gaming, especially when it's cooperative and we can kind of come together as a community, right? Mm-hmm. It's it allows us to have a sense of play. And I mean, that's that's vital for our mental health. How often do we get an opportunity to just play and have fun oh yeah totally
2: totally and I think that you know again I think that's kind of a shift that happened with our generation too is finding that again right and whether or not it's video games or something else I think that our generation is very much kind of like I don't want to just work nine to five every day and not be happy with my life and you know Mm -hmm. not allow myself any sense of of enjoyment out of anything um because of all of these expectations that are on me that I should be a specific way. And I feel like our generation is kind of breaking that a little bit. And video games is an aspect of that where it's like, no, I'm an adult. Like I'm a fully grown adult, but I'm still going to play video games. Like you're not taking that away from me. (laughs) I don't care if you think that that makes me look like a child. Like it's something that, like you said, like it brings some amount of play into my life. Like it makes, it brings a sense of, childhood that I think that everybody realistically should hold on to throughout their whole life because if you just become
1: an angry person <laughs> <laughs> just cynical right. Away, right like I don't you know
3: <laughs> the world's already dark enough you yeah. know
1: yeah for sure um I have so much more I want to talk about but I am cognizant of our time we may end up doing a, a part two Ooh. um okay. right yeah but is there anything else you guys can think of with the topics we covered today? Um, positives, negatives of uh, gaming, anything else that you want to kind of set on the table before we wrap things up today? I think one of the things that is really important for just like the general community,
2: including people who are don't consider themselves like quote unquote gamers, because um, for example, like I have family members, my sister, she's definitely not a quote unquote gamer, but games can be for literally everybody mm. if you just find one that you like you don't have to play it every day you don't have to you know use it the way that we use you it you it. don't have to be good at it that's one of the hugest things yeah yes. you definitely don't have to be good at it but just you you know I encourage everybody to to try things out and, and find something that they might like just as a little bit of a stress reliever um and, and you know take some of that stigma off of The fact that if you play video games you're you're lazy or you're a kid or xyz you know what i mean because that's just kind of a fallacy at this point
3: yeah and there's a lot of there's literally games for everyone out there and i think everyone should find theirs i mean my mom she plays tons of animal crossing she loves it it's incredibly relaxing for her and i think that's important for everyone to have so go find your game yeah
1: very well said, you guys. I think that was the, the perfect note to end it on. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Bretton and Molly, for having this conversation with me today. Of course. Thanks, Until next time, I'm Jess. This is CPR Unplugged.
0: Got questions or ideas for the podcast? Or perhaps you have your own story to share? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at and dot com or call 602-281-7795. You can also find us online at cprpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you prefer to find your podcast. CPR Unplugged was produced by Crisis Preparation and Recovery, Inc. The intro and outro music was created by Rob Wilson. The CPR podcast team includes Tamara Lamontane, Ben Edwards, Laura Kaufman, Rob Wilson, and Michael Magarinos. Special thanks to Jason Spisak for technical support.